But did you really have to dump me the same day you were leaving for Florida? You were kind of a bitch and you kind of deserved it. They say the girls have more fun, but they never met the boys. This is Boy Talk. Boy Talk. This is Boy Talk. Welcome back, bitches. I am so sorry I took a week off. I am just exhausted. I'm a grad student. Life is just crazy. So last week's episode, it kind of didn't happen, and that's just going to have to be okay. But I do have an amazing special guest this week. We are going to be talking with one of my exes. His name is Andrew. So Andrew, why don't you give us some background real quick? Hey guys, um, so I live in Columbus, Ohio with my partner and two cats. Um, I attend Ohio State University um, and I'm studying chemistry and pre-med. Exciting, exciting. What made you do pre-med? <laughs> what made me do pre-med? Um, oh my God, so many things. Um, I love science so fucking much um, and cutting people open without a medical license is illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I love that for you. I literally just remember in high school, like, math was was a fun time. We ended up being in the same math class, even though we weren't the same grade. I love Mrs. King. <laughs> literally just love that you ended up in the STEM field. Like, it's hilarious. But basically, yeah. So we met um, back in high school. This is my high school ex, y'all. And I just want to know, like, how did we meet? Um, I was actually thinking about this the other day, and I thought it was, like, the most glorious story. We went to a party together. I was the pity invite, and you were the invite to make the party more interesting. And I was like, I see it, I want it, I'm just going to go and take it. And that's basically how it all started. <laughs> I remember it, it was literally exactly that. Like, this was a party that, like, I got invited to by a couple of my friends and... I'm kind of a social butterfly. I can't lie. I'm not gonna, not gonna play like I'm not. And so I just remember showing up at this party, and it was like so weird because I knew instantly. I was like, oh no, another homosexual is here, and like there's a rare amount of those here in 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 good old Warren, Ohio. <laughs> so having that uh, moment was kind of exciting yet scary, and. Yeah, that's what started our beautiful, beautiful uh, relationship um, that, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about our current friendship. I think what's so great about us is that we are now really good friends. Like we Snapchat all the time, like we text all the time. It's a lot of fun. It's really great. You're kind of the person I go to when I need a reality check or I just want to like let out a good old like, rant about family friends ohio because you get it like you know what i mean it's nice having someone who gets that yeah i mean definitely the same with you you're always my good reality check best judy um we definitely talk about boys a lot a lot more than we probably should but you know through the thick and thin of it here we are yes i love it i love it so much but like literally growing up and figuring stuff out on your own is like super hard which was so nice with our relationship because we were so young and we were both Figuring it out together. And we literally had no idea what we were doing. No, we didn't. Um, really liked that we at least had somebody to lean on when I was figuring it out together. Yes. You were my first and I was your second. Like, it was rough as fuck and we really didn't know ourselves yet. <laughs> literally, so much has changed since then, though, which is what's crazy. Like, this was five years ago. We dated back in high school, and I was a bottom back then, and that's still fucking true. If you didn't know, I literally say it about 10 times a day on TikTok and 10 times a day on this podcast. But with that being said, this week we're going to be talking about finding out your sexual preferences. 
Basically, everything that you're gonna need to know about positions and power dynamics. Shameless plug, y'all. I hate begging. I hate it so much and it's so embarrassing, but until someone decides to give me money or sign me, like I'm gonna have to keep begging y'all. The only reason why I'm doing this show, the only reason why it's doing so well is because of you. So if you can please download, like, share, write a review on Apple Podcast. Literally, it all helps. It literally is how this podcast continues to keep going and I need your guys' support. So thank you so much. Please, please, please leave that five-star rating. Please, please, please subscribe, like, download. It really does make a difference. All right, now that I'm done begging, let's get into the actual show this week. So (laughs) before we start talking about all this, I do want to go a little bit into our first relationship because, wow, the trauma, the juice, the flavor, the ambiance, it's all just so amazing, right? So let's get into it. Andrew is my ex, y'all. We met in high school. (laughs) So we met at this party. It was summertime, and it was right before my sophomore year and your freshman year? Or no, end of freshman, end of sophomore. Yeah, end of freshman year. (laughs) And that summer is when we met. I just distinctly remember you were in all of these sports, and he's tall, and he has green eyes, and I was just like, I'm in love. Like, this is it. This is it for me. <laughs> I mean, this is it. I'm simping. But yeah, it was um, it was definitely one of those, those moments where I was like, yep, I just found, like, the man of my dreams casually in my hometown. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, it was more like I was still painfully in the closet. I have dated several many girls that year. And they all just kind of looked at me and they're just like, why are you so gay? And I'm just like, well, you know, I'm not. And there's, you know, we can get into that later. <laughs> but yeah, it was more just me experiencing my life, me living my best life. And I was just going for it. <laughs> Literally, it, it was it was a time to be alive, to say the least. So the relationship started off, I think, fairly good. I mean, you ended up coming out by accident, per se. I still remember how it happened. Accident thrown out of the closet. Gotta love my mom. <laughs> I was gonna say, wasn't it soccer practice? <laughs> soccer moms exposed you. Oh yeah. So what had happened was Instagram was like just a thing because like we're the older generation of gays per se. Doesn't matter. Um, I posted a picture of us because we saw the fault in our stars, which you know, great start to any relationship. Um, posted a picture of us on Instagram, like y'all. Guess who I'm dating? And like my mom dragged me off of the soccer field by my ear. I was like getting my learner's permit at the time, threw me in the driver's seat, just like, why are you posting inappropriate shit on like social media? And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, why are you posting nudes on social media? And I'm like, mom, I'm fucking gay. I was like this awkwardly long pause. And then she's like, well, we already knew that. So like, get over yourself. And then I cried all the way home because you know, Iconic. <laughs> I love that so much. I, I just want to go back to the fact that we saw The Fault in Our Stars as a date. It's so cringy. It's so cringy now. And I watched you, Kim Kardashian, cry over that whole fucking movie. <laughs> I cried so much in that movie theater. I also cried reading the book. So you know what? You can fuck right off. And don't call us the old generation. I am the first of Gen Z. Like, I'm a 97 baby. Like, we're not that old. Like, do not age us like that. We're not millennials. <laughs> but yes, we were the first to have Instagram. We were the ones who got in all the trouble. So y'all are welcome now if you're younger and you have a beautiful social media set up because <laughs> we did not. We had Tumblr and literally Instagram. 
And now y'all got TikTok and all these beautiful sites and Instagram's great and you can have privacy settings. We didn't have any of that. There was none of that back then. None of that back then. You couldn't hide from your parents if you wanted to. But yeah, it was definitely a time to be alive. So then our relationship went pretty well until um, it didn't. <laughs> and that's, that's when it gets a little juicier, right? So I just remember like we ended up dating around nine months and it was like probably around like month six or seven things started to get really rough, right? <laughs> like, And that's when I think it was like the compatibility was not there. Specifically, like I knew what I wanted. I've always been very like self-assured and self-confident. I kind of already know what my goals and visions are. Like it's just something about me. But Andrew, on the other hand, being young and in his journey was not really there, right? And that caused a lot of problems. Well, you know, um, you definitely knew exactly what you wanted and, like, what you wanted your boyfriend to be. And meanwhile, I'm over here being, like, happy to be in a relationship, not knowing how to be a boyfriend. Um, and, yeah, that was, like, you know, the main of, like, all the arguments between, like, that and the school and just everything else. I also don't know how to prioritize shit. This is like still a, like <laughs> very much an issue in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, I remember literally the one time your mom literally was like, you need to be more like Cody because like at that point, like I was at the end of junior year and I had just gotten to like, like club officer positions and national honor society. And like I had a really good GPA or whatever. And I was in like AP and honors courses. And, like, you were doing, like, all of that stuff, too, plus sports. But um, I was doing a little more gracefully. <laughs> you were <laughs> having, like, that baby deer moment where you were, like, kind of stumbling around trying to figure it out. <laughs> I've never done anything gracefully in my life, like, whatsoever. As one of my favorite English teachers said, I have limbs in different time zones and I look like a baby gazelle. <laughs> Not the baby gazelle, but yeah, it was definitely it was definitely a struggle. And then I remember one of our big tipping points too was around like month five or six when we went to homecoming together. I loved homecoming so much. Never had a good experience. <laughs> Specifically, I just remember the uh, mint green bow ties. I still have both of those. <laughs> uh, not you keeping them. <laughs> not you keeping them, Andrew. <laughs> Oh, no. No. All right. Homecoming um, started off as well as to be expected. I asked in, like, the corniest way possible. I took, like, one digital media class my freshman year, so I'm like, I can fucking Photoshop. And then I took, like, probably the worst picture of both of us and Photoshopped us together with, like, watercolor shit and, like, surprised asked you in, like, the corniest way possible. It was so bad. Like, I apologize now if I never have before. <laughs> It was cute back then. It was cute back then. You know, as adults... Oh, no, you were crying, but you were always crying, so, like, midpoint. <laughs> Not me always crying. So, it started off like that. We took probably cute pictures, but they're probably, probably deleted. Or if you find our tumblers, they're probably on there. I get shit from us, like, tumblers way back when. Doesn't matter. Um... We get there, and I do not know what had happened, but we were both crying, like, instantaneously, hating ourselves. Your best friend told me to break up with you, like, that night. <laughs> and I have many friends who can attest for me crying, like, basically, like, on the lockers, like, outside of the cafeteria. And I think you were just, like, dancing your life away, but, like, also crying. Like, I do not know what happened. <laughs> we got in some type of fight as soon as we got to homecoming. Like, something happened. Something boiled over. Like, like I said, this was a big tipping point in our relationship. And it resulted in us both crying little bitches in public. And it was not cute. And, like, I, 
I remember distinctly, like, being in the cafeteria of my high school and just sobbing (laughs) to the point where this one really nice older guy from the grade above us came over and was like, are you okay? And I was just like, you've never talked to me before, so this is really embarrassing that you're going to come over here and check on me, (laughs) like, because you don't even know me like that, dude. Um, But... I actually (laughs) really appreciated that because I kind of was like the moment where I was like, I need to get my shit together. And so then I ended up pulling it together and just trying to go make the best of the night. And it didn't go well. I definitely still cried like the whole time, like you said, dancing. Um, But did I go out there and dance with a bunch of the girlies? Of course I did. Was I crying? Yes. Uh, Did they play a slow song and then I bawled? Yes, of course. But I still did it. Um, and yeah, and I think that's like was a really big test to us getting closer to our breakup, right? So oh, the breakup that day was definitely one of my um, low points in high school. I just remember um, you were going to Florida for a week for your brother's wedding. Sounds great. Amazing. We love a beach wedding. Yay. And we were fighting per usual, as always. And... <laughs> We were both kind of at our wits end at that point. I can't lie. Even I was like, this is disastrous. Like, I want it to work, but like, also like, wow, this is terrible. You decided it would be a great idea, a fantastic one, to just casually dump me over the phone right before getting on your plane. Like, I wasn't in school. Like, I wasn't literally in class. Like, I literally went to the bathroom during class to take the phone call. (laughs) In my defense, in my defense... (laughs) We talked about this like a week prior, and you kept doing clingy shit to try and get me back. I had to call you on your shit. I'm like, I'm over it. I don't want it. Don't ruin my vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it. I remember it very well. You were like ready to give up, and I was like, maybe we can make it work. This is back when I was young, and I would beg men for it. <laughs> and I was just like, we can do this. And you were like, absolutely not. Leave me alone. I'm going to enjoy the beach. And I was like okay and then I kept on being like are you sure and so yeah then you called me at school and you ended it and then you're like I'm getting on a plane goodbye and I was just like in the bathroom bawling so loud like I was sobbing so loud in the second floor men's restroom that the English teacher across from the hall of the bathroom came into the bathroom to check on me because he had no idea what was going on. I literally stayed in that bathroom for, I think, like, three periods. Like, no one came to find me. I just cried. No one asked questions. But, yeah, it was a good time. And so that leads into our friendship now. And, obviously, things are better now. We're good. We're really good friends. We talk all the time. Um, but I just want to make this clear for anyone who either has gone through a breakup that was similar where it's, like, it just wasn't working between you two. But you were really good friends Here's what I'd say. One, it didn't happen right away. It took years before we even attempted to be friends. I remember it happened right after I graduated and I had gone away to college and I had come back for winter break and I was helping coach and doing some judging with speech and debate because I was involved with that and so were you. And that was the first attempt to like try to mend a friendship. So that was what almost a year and a half, two years. Yeah, probably two years. <laughs> yeah, around the two-year mark, like, we decided we were going to try to make, be friends again. 
So first off is it takes time because even though we both cared about each other as humans and people, that relationship kind of ruined that for a moment. And we both had so much resentment and hurt and anger around it that like it wouldn't have worked to try to be friends right away. And then on top of that, I think that it sucked that I had a crazy ex who wouldn't let me be friends with you. So I ended up having to ask us to not be friends for a while because my ex could not handle the fact that I wanted to be your friend which should be a big red flag if your ex is trying to tell you who you can and can't be friends with and does not trust you to be friends with someone who you can promise you don't have any desire to be with intimately, that's a big deal. Especially because like we were in high school, you were literally like 15 and I was 16 and I was trying to be your friend at 19, 20 and you were uh, like, time had passed. There was no reason why we couldn't be friends even though we had had an intimate relationship. Like neither of us are trying to be intimate ever again. Like it's just like, you're someone who knows me really well and I know you really well. Like we just wanna be friends. And then finally, what I think is so great about is like I said, you get me really well. And that's not like a, oh, he gets me better than anyone. Like, no, like you just get me because like we grew up together. Like we spent part of our childhood and youth as friends being really close. Like, you know, my family, you know, my home life, you knew the struggle I went through. You watched me go through high school and college. like. Not everyone gets to live with you during those times. So like you have such a great insight to who I am and what my life is like better than a lot of people who know me because you had that intimate relationship with me at that time. And that's like when I want brutal honesty and I want really good advice, I know I can go for go to you and you always have some really awesome insights that like I might not have thought of or I know that friends who don't know me like that can't give me. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, um... For sure, especially, like, coming from, the, like, the same hometown, specifically our hometown. Like, I don't know if y'all have ever been to Warren. Don't. Just don't. <laughs> Drive through, fly over, avoid at all costs. Unless you go to Salvatore's, but, you know, different story. <laughs> but for sure, just, like, when you came from the some, same place, and it's, like, a really depressed place, you just get each other. We had, like, all of our, like, big milestones together. I don't know. I'm just really proud of you. I was here for you. I'm always proud of you too. And it's amazing. It's amazing to come to this point in our friendship and like be able to, to do this kind of stuff. And as we now you're on my podcast, like it's, it's a full circle moment, right? Oh yeah. Alrighty y'all. So now that you know more about me and Andrew and our relationship and all that fun, let's get into the gritty nitty of this week. So we're going to be talking about our sexual preferences. So let's just have a basic overview. So we're all on the same page about this. So basically, sexual preference is the things that you prefer and enjoy doing. It's all about feeling really good and feeling really connected with your own body and the feelings that you get during intimacy, right? So what does that exactly mean? Let's break it down and make it a little simpler. It kind of breaks into two things. First, positions. So this is like, you know, your tops, your bottoms, and your verses, which we've discussed a lot, but we're going to go in a little more detail this week. And number two, your power dynamics. So this is talking about being submissive, dominant, or being a switch. Here's a big thing. People think those are the same thing. They are not. Your position does not determine your power dynamic. We have stereotypes built around positions and like they're all good and fun with humor once in a while. But at the end of the day, we need to recognize that your position does not affect your power dynamic. You can be a bottom and be more dominant. You can be a top and be more submissive. You can be averse and lean one way. You don't have to be averse and a switch. You can do whatever feels right to you. And that's where your preferences come in. And so that's what we're discussing. 
We're not talking about like the sex positions. We're not doing, you know, the timeout or not talking about missionary here. We're going to be talking about this in the LGBTQ terms of like tops, bottoms, and verses. So for my hetero friends who love to listen and join in, I'm so glad you're here. This is still important to you because you know what? This still plays into your intimate time as well. If you're not following, you know, society's basic standard norms for sex as a hetero couple, you could be a bottom and be the man in your relationship. And you could be a top and be the female in your relationship if you are heterosexual. So listen up, you might learn something new. And if not, at least you'll be able to speak to it with your uh, LGBTQ friends, right? So let's talk about the basic positions. So I love this analogy. It helped me when I was younger to understand it. And I think it's a great one. We're gonna talk about baseball. Yay, sports, sport ball. Uh, so basically the baseball analogy with our catchers and our pitchers, right? So a catcher has the glove and like the ball gets thrown and it goes into their mitt. Yay, sports. And then the pitcher obviously is throwing the ball, right? So one is receiving the ball. The catcher receives it, like goes into the mitt. And the other one throws the ball. So is giving the ball. They are, you know, doing that action, right? Basically to cut the shit, someone will be getting penetrated and someone will be penetrating. And that is really how you figure out positions, right? So your tops, guess what they're doing? They are penetrating. That means that either they're using their dingling or they have a toy or whatever this top is using to penetrate. That's what makes them a top. They enjoy penetrating. Then we have our bottoms, right? They're getting penetrated. Like I said, it could be with a dingling, it could be with a finger, it can be with a toy, doesn't matter. They're the ones who are going to be receiving the penetration. And then our verses love doing both. Literally love doing both. And that's a big thing about verse. It's like you have to enjoy both. But it does get a little complicated because we have some people who have preferences with versing. There are verse tops, meaning that they are a verse. They'll do either, but they prefer topping a little more than bottoming. Just like there are verse bottoms who like to be verse, but they also enjoy bottoming a little more than topping, but they are cool to do both. And then there's the true verse, which is someone who is actually 50-50, like they want to top as much as they want to bottom. It's a little more complicated, but it makes sense if you think about it. Not that big a deal. It's whatever you like doing and whatever someone explains they like to do. So I get this question a lot on TikTok. Can't really answer it there. So that's why we're doing this podcast. The question is this. How do I know what position I am? Tip number one, experimenting. You need to know about yourself. And so part of that is going to be you're going to go out and about and you're going to be in the real world and you're going to get that experience. You're going to figure it out. Some people don't have to experiment and that's fantastic if that's you. I kind of always knew I was a bottom basically from like watching porn and thinking about like what I enjoy and like touching myself. But I still tried topping just to make sure. So experimenting, it's normal. We need to normalize it. And then two, here's what you need to focus on when you're trying to decide what you like. So you went out and experimented, you tried it all out, and you're like, I still don't know. Here's what you need to think about. One, focus on what feels good. If it doesn't feel good to you, that's a great sign that maybe that's not the right position for you. 
Secondly, what feels natural to you? Intimate time is at its core intimate, which means like you need to feel good about what you're doing and it needs to feel natural. You don't wanna have to pretend during intimacy because you're literally naked, not only like physically, but like emotionally at that point. Like you are showing your realest you. So you wanna be able to feel natural. And then finally, what makes you go crazy, wild, and makes you wanna do it more? It's so important that when you're done doing something with intimate times, you're like, damn, I can't wait to do that again. And that's what I think a lot of people get tripped up is it's okay to not like doing something. If you try something with a partner or you're experimenting and you do something, you're like, mm, that wasn't for me. That's okay. That's 100% normal. And you're allowed to feel that way. I actually had a recent TikTok where I discussed this because someone came on and was like, huh, everyone should just be open to being averse, meaning like they should do whatever they want to do with their partner and their partner should be able to help them dictate trying new things. Absolutely not true. It's all about what you enjoy. And if you don't like doing something, that is okay. You should never be coerced or talked into doing something that you don't want to do with your body. So, yeah, I agree with 100% of everything. Absolutely. Um... I definitely took a different, a different route figuring out all my positions and whatnot. <laughs> um, with Cody being my first, obviously I was in a top position, and on top of that, um, a very dom position because you know Mr. Pillow Prince just likes to lay there. Not you exposing me. <laughs> we could do a lot more than that. <laughs> so yeah, like after our relationship was over, I was like, um, I don't want to say like immediately on Grinder because I really didn't know what that was yet. But it was probably like two or three months after. It was like summertime. I'm just like, I just need to go figure out my life, you know, as one does. So, like, I think my first sexual experience, like, after Cody, it was a lot of, like, me bottoming and being in a very several, which I was, like, not a fan of whatsoever. Like, I enjoyed the bottoming aspect, but I'm not necessarily a sub. So, like, I did that, like, with this one guy. Wasn't for me. And then I bottomed and I was in a dom role. I'm like, I can get into this. And then I got back into topping and was like, wait, I like this too. So I was liking too many things all at the same time. I'm just like, who the fuck am I? And then I went off to college. <laughs> and that's where like everything kind of like hit the fan. And then, you know, it was a great time. So basically, if I have to label myself, I'm a versatile, but I'm always in the dom role. So live your life, experiment. It's iconic. You know, you just have to try it until you figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I remember, like, I was with this dude, and he was, like, you know, down on me doing his business, and I was, like, running my fingers through his hair, and he was, like, no, you can't do this. I'm, like, well, what do you mean I can't do this? So I was just, you know, showing him what to do, letting him live his life. So I guess I kind of like more the aspect of, like, I'm going to tell you what to do while you're doing it, but, you know, I can still play both ends and do whatever I need to do in bed. And I think that's what's so important um, about discovering yourself, just like you were saying, Andrew. It's like you started out in one role, which is okay, just like I did. Obviously, I started as a bottom. You started as a top in our relationship. And then you try new things. So you decided at that point that you were going to try to be a bottom, and you liked the feeling of bottoming, and that was great for you. But you also then found out that there's something else missing to it. So then you went back to topping and then you're like, okay, I do really like topping and I do like bottoming and I like all of this stuff. And just like you said, you're confused and you're like, so what does this mean? And what it sounds like to me is you found out it was the power dynamic. 
That's what you were missing from it. You're versatile when it comes to the physical position, but you need to have the power dynamic. And so that's what we're going to talk about next. This is the next big part of sexual preference, all right? So once you have your position figured out, like what you physically enjoy the feelings of, then you need to figure out what you emotionally do, which goes right into our power dynamic. So what is this, right? This is all about your control. Power dynamic is really who is calling the shots and who's taking the lead versus who is not. You don't have to stick to the standard of bottoms are submissive and tops are dominant. No, not always the case. It's about what you enjoy doing. And I think that's where people get so confused in our community and even in like heterosexual relationships. Like everyone assumes that the girl has to be like submissive. No, you can be a bad bitch. If you want to be the one in control during sex, girl, you get on that dick and you ride and you tell your man to shut up. Like that's all, that's all fair. You can do what you want to do <laughs> and vice versa, man. If you're out there being like, Ugh, I'm so tired of me having to be on top of my girlfriend and like telling her what to do. Like you can tell her to be more dominant. You can talk about it. You can find a woman who's going to be more dominant. They're out there. You just have to know what you want, and that's okay. It's not weird to want those things. It's all about what you enjoy doing. So here's the question I get all the time on TikTok that I can't answer there, and it's really all about how do I know what my power dynamic is. First thing I would say is this. You need to take time to self-reflect. It's really that simple. It starts at core with getting to know yourself. If more people would just start by getting to know themselves sexually, we would have such better times with intimacy, right? So take the time to understand who you are as a person. Example with me. I am a very dominant person in life. Like school, I always have it under control. I'm always like bad bitch, get my shit done, do it really well, etc. Same with work, same with my friends and family. Like I'm that person people go to. I'm the strong one. I'm the one who has a very strong opinion. I'm the one who knows what's going on. I'm the one who's structured. And that's all great, except for the fact that like I fucking hate it. And so by the time I get to like being with my partner, so like sex and intimacy, like where I'm supposed to be able to enjoy myself, I don't want to do shit. And that's what makes me submissive. I want to be told what to do. I don't want to have an opinion. I don't want to make decisions. I don't want to have control. Like I enjoy relinquishing that during intimate time because I'm so used to having it all the time and it stresses me out all the time that when I'm going to be enjoying myself and enjoying my body and enjoying what intimacy brings, I don't want to do shit. I am a hot booty Judy in all of my life. Like I had two midterms sneak up on me this week even though I've known about them since day one and I'm stressed the fuck out about it. But when it comes to like bedroom plan shit, I know exactly what I want. <laughs> and I think it's funny how that works like that, right? I've had a couple people ask me that on like lives before too on TikTok where they're like, I'm like super submissive in real life, but like I'm like really dominant when it comes to sex. That's okay. Like that's that's perfectly normal. Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with that. And like for me and like what it sounds like for that person and like even you, it's like we do the, the opposite where it's like whatever I'm normally doing in life, I'm the opposite when it comes to bedroom because it is kind of that space where I get to be that truest self. And it's really, really special when you find that out about who you are as a person, right? And it makes sex 10 times better. Don't read people like that, though. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, also, you can't assume that, though. That's the big thing is I could be a dominant person my whole life and also expect dominance in the bedroom. But that's just not me, right? 
and that's just not you and that's okay like you're gonna meet people who are like dominant in the bedroom and dominant in real life too just like you're gonna be people submissive in the bedroom and submissive in real life it's all about what works for you so don't don't make assumptions just because me and Andrew both are very similar in the sense of like opposites <laughs> So anyways, moving into experimenting. That's the next thing that you need to do. Once again, I'm a big preacher of experimenting. You have to figure it out. Life is about experiencing. Like, what's the, what's the one Kardashian quote? It's like, if you wanted to experience things, you'd be experiencing things, but I don't think you want to experience things because you're not experiencing them. Yeah, you need to experiment. You need to experience. Um, so don't be afraid to try it out and see what feels right for you. You might try being dominant and hate it. You might try being dominant and love it. You might try being submissive and hate it. You might try it and love it. You don't know until you do it. When I tried topping, the first time I tried, I went in with a very dominant approach. I was like, I'm going to be in control and I'm going to be the top and I'm just going to see what happens. And I did it. I did it really well. Like, do not get me wrong. Like, everyone was satisfied except for me, like emotionally. I was like, I hate this. I don't want to do this anymore. Like, this is, this is definitely not for me. And that's how I knew. Like, I tried it and I hated it. So I was like, okay, dominant? No, not me for sure. So then the second time I tried topping, I was definitely trying to be more of a submissive top at that point. I was like, okay, like, let's try this. And I hated it still. And I was like, yeah, it's also topping. It's 100% topping, not for me. <laughs> so that's what I mean, though. I, I had to experiment. I had to try it. I had to figure it out. Definitely just normalize experimenting. Find people that you're comfortable with. Consent is key. Fuck it. Even have a safe word. Even if you're just doing vanilla as sex, have a safe word. If you don't like it, sex is like an emotional thing too. It's more than just physical. You just... You don't have to per se tell someone that you're experimenting with them. <laughs> like you don't need to go into talking to someone and be like, hey, like I want to fuck you as an experiment. Like, no, they're not a lab rat. But you should make sure that they want to have sex with you. Obviously, you have to make sure they want to have sex with you. Consent is not optional. Okay, y'all? Like... We are better than this at boy talk. We will always make sure that we are getting consent before we're doing things. So at frat guy sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's recap real quick on this content. Right, sexual pleasure is all about feeling good during intimacy. That's what it is at the end of the day. Your preferences. You're figuring out what feels good for you. How do you figure those out? You need to learn about your position. And you need to figure out your power dynamics. What do you like doing? Are you top bottom verse? Are you a sub dom? switch you'll figure it out as you go along with experimenting but one thing that i want to make clear and i want to make it clear as day is this you do not need to do things with your body that make you uncomfortable to be loved so if you are dating somebody and they are like i want you to do this during intimate time and you don't want to do it you need to set that boundary and say i'm sorry i can't do that for you because you do not have to do things with your body that you don't want to do and you should not. And a good partner isn't going to convince you to do it. You should not be convincing people to do it. It should be 100% consensual. And if you don't like it, like you can try it. And if you decide you don't like it, you don't have to do it again. So make sure that you set healthy boundaries. You know what you can and cannot do and that you talk about it with your partner so that you are not in situations where you are doing things that you don't want to be doing. Because at the end of the day, intimacy is about your pleasure. And your pleasure is not worth sacrificing for anybody. And you don't have to do it to be loved. So you should love what you're doing and you should do it and be confident in it. 
when they try to convince you to do something, run the other way. That's all I gotta say. Just run the other way. They're not worth it. You can't fix a man. <laughs> Definitely. I think that's hard, though. I think that's hard, though, for a lot of people. Like, when you're dating someone and you start to have feelings for them, right? And they end up wanting to do something intimately that you may not want to do. I think some people get that that sense of, like, I won't find someone or, you know, I'm in love with them. Like, I should be adaptable. And I want to just say here, no, absolutely not. And I know that that sounds really shallow, but it's the truth. There are other people out there waiting to meet you who you are actually compatible with. So if you don't like doing something with your body and you meet someone that you really like, but they want to do something that you don't want to do, you're not compatible then, which means you need to break up and move on because someone is out there waiting to meet someone like you. It comes down to compatibility. And for my people who are listening being like, I'm willing to, to not be a bottom even though I identify as a bottom – then you're a verse. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, if you're willing to do it with your body, then that means you need to identify with that. Because, like, I'm a bottom. Cody's been around the block several many times. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> yes. Several. Several many times. And I'm telling you, like, I'm a bottom. I would never top. And so that makes me a bottom. So if you identify as a bottom or a top, but you're willing to do the other, that makes you a verse. So if you are truly a bottom, you're not going to switch. And if you're truly a top, you're not going to switch. And it's okay to not switch. No, we don't all have to do that. That's where it's like you find someone you're compatible with. And you have to also know what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. Period. End of story. I'm not going to keep preaching it. We've already discussed it like 10 times. All right. So listener questions of the week. We're only going to answer one, actually, because we are running out of time. We talk a lot, Andrew. So <laughs> y'all know the drill, but I'm just going to remind any of my new listeners. I pull these questions from TikTok comments or from my Instagram DMs. You can DM me on Instagram at O-H-H-K-O-D-Y or at the podcast's Instagram, which is boytalk underscore podcast. Either way, I'll see your DM. I can add the questions to my bank and I pull them every week. Same thing with my TikTok. It is at O-Cody, so at O-H-H-K-O-D-Y. If you're a new listener and you didn't find me from TikTok, that's how you can find me there. I make a bunch of videos around sex and, you know, all this fun stuff that the podcast goes into details to, so definitely check out the TikTok if you haven't. So I think this one makes the most sense since we're only going to get to do one this week, but it's how do I tell my partner about my preferences? So since we're doing a preference week podcast, let's go ahead and talk about talking about it with your partner, right? For me, here's my best advice. You want to bring it up in a casual setting. In the sense of like, not like over dinner in a public space, but like you guys are hanging out, maybe watching a movie. Like you're cooking dinner at home together or you're literally doing homework or a study night or you're doing face mask or something like that where it's not an intimate moment, like you're not literally about to go to pound town, but you're also like not in a public space so you could actually have that private conversation. I think that setting works the best because if you're about to go into intimate time and you start to talk about like intimate things, some people get tripped up and they feel like, oh, maybe what I'm doing isn't good enough for them or maybe they don't like me and they get all tripped and weird about it, right? Where when you go in and have this conversation during something that's more casual, it feels more casual. It's not as intensive. And so you could just simply be sitting around, you know, doing face masks and be like, hey, like, 
I was thinking about this the other day and I would like to try being a little more rough in bed. Would you ever want to like spank me and pull my hair or choke me? And I know that sounds kind of like jarring, even like me saying it right now, but it's, it's not. We need to just normalize talking about sex like that. It's, it shouldn't be that deep. And if your partner is the right one, they're going to want to talk about it with you too. So, but yeah, I think that's my best advice. Bring it up over something casual and then don't be afraid to say what you really want. And I mean, get really specific here. You need to think about what do you really enjoy and what would you like to see from your partner? Because if you're going to ask someone to do something or try something, they need to have as much detail as you can get. So be able to give them examples of, hey, I would like to try being rougher in bed. Examples, I would love if you started pulling my hair or if you started spanking me. Because if you just tell someone I want you to be more rough with no direction and they aren't used to being rough or they don't know how to be rough or they're still learning how to have a more dominant role in a bedroom, how could you expect it to go well? You have to go in knowing what you're asking for and see what they have to say and you have to be willing to hear what they have to say back. They might tell you, no, I can't do that. I'm not interested in doing that. That's not something I would like to do. And then you have to take that feedback and say, okay, that's fair. Me personally, when I like first get into relationships, like I'm very honest. I'm like, this is me. This is what I like to do. You vibe with it or you don't. But like once you find a person who's like already vibing with you and shit, like these conversations should just come naturally. They should want to do more with you. They will have no problem telling you no, putting you in your place or being open to things like that. Um, I mean, obviously time environment are like everything with these conversations but you know if you found a guy or a girl who's like open to that already the conversation's not gonna be hard definitely and I, I like what you said there too it's like when you first start talking to someone it shouldn't be all about sex and I think that's hard especially for LGBTQ people but just in general for any relationships too like yeah no one wants to jump it in and being like all about sex especially if you're actually trying to date this person like it's one thing if we're talking hookups like obviously then yeah it's strictly sexual but if you are actually like dating and you're looking for love yeah no one wants to make it about sex right away but compatibility is important so i don't like to waste time either <laughs> i agree with andrew like you just tell them in the get-go like this is me this is what i like and if you can't vibe with the basics then like we're just not compatible and i don't think there's anything wrong with that i remember being younger and being like, mm, I don't really like that, that like sex could ruin my chances of being with somebody. But it's really important. The older I am, the more I realize, yeah, no, like if we aren't sexually compatible, I don't even want to attempt dating you. Like there's no reason. We had three gays at our hometown and we were two of them. <laughs> Literally. It's like, it's just like ridiculous. It's like such a small dating pool in our small town. But it's just in general, even with a bigger dating pool, like I moved to New York City and I went on a cut like... I didn't go on a couple dates because COVID, but I met a couple guys online and like we were like FaceTiming and texting and, you know, after that we would maybe go get coffee with masks and walk around. But one of the big things that deterred me while trying to find partners even with a bigger pool was that quick question of like, hey, what are your preferences? Like, I'm a bottom. So if another person tells me they're a bottom, it's an instant no. And it's not because I'm like prude or I don't want you know, someone to enjoy what they do. Like you can go be a bottom, but like I'm a bottom, so I can't date you. And that's just how I feel. And I know some people who are bottoms who will date other bottoms and they've found inventive ways to make it work. 
But that's a whole other conversation. We can do a whole other podcast on that. <laughs> uh, all right. So now we're going into the shameless plug again. Oh, hi, guys. I'm going to beg. I'm so sorry. I hate doing this every week. And I'm going to have to do it, though. I really need that five-star rating. I really need you to download the episode. I need you to like it. I need you to comment. I need you to share. I need you to tell your friends about Boy Talk. I need y'all to do it because the more that I get you guys to engage with this, the better for me. I'm not signed. I'm doing this by myself. I'm literally not making any money from this podcast. I'm actually pouring more money into it than I have actually earned from it. I've earned zero dollars to be exact on how much money I've made off of the podcast. So these little things is what keeps the podcast going. And hopefully as we continue to climb the charts, because we peaked at 17 on the relationship charts in the US, which is crazy. Maybe one day we'll get someone to give me some money because I'm poor and broke in New York City. But until then, it's fine. But please do your part. Please like, please comment, please subscribe. It all really does make a difference. But yeah, so that's this week's episode. Andrew, thank you so much for joining me. I really do appreciate it. Like, you're in Ohio. I'm over here in New York City. We're literally FaceTiming. It's a disaster, but we're making it work. So I cannot thank you enough. Well, thank you so much for having me. I mean, I had a great time talking to you. I always have a great time talking to you. I can't wait till I can come out and see you after this COVID bullshit. Maybe we can do an episode in person. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I'm so excited. Like, I'm ready for the vaccine. I heard that they're moving it up to, like, we should all be able to get a vaccine by May. So, like, when it's your turn to go get vaccinated, go get vaccinated. It's so exciting. I can't wait to get mine. I don't think it will be for a little longer. I did get a part-time job out here because I'm not getting paid for the podcast. And so <laughs> I'm hoping that will move me up the list potentially since I'm now working with the public again. But yeah, stay safe, wear your mask, get the vaccine when it comes out so we can all go back to normal. Thank you so much, Andrew, for joining me. And I can't wait to see you guys next week.